0: Family Shield Ministries Board of Directors unanimously approved taking over the ministry of Faith Family Reunion at its March 2023 board meeting. Faith Family Reunion has ministered to parents and grandparents that had adult children raised in the church but have turned away from their faith in Christ. It was founded by Paula Isaacson. Paula was away from the faith for 25 years. Thankfully, she has recommitted her life to Christ and His Church. During those 25 years, her parents prayed fervently for her, maintained a positive relationship with her, made sure she knew they loved her, and gently reminded her of God's love through Christ for her. My guest today is Paula Isaacson. She has a heart for parents that have adult children that have left the faith and a wealth of experience helping parents of prodigal children today we'll learn more about faith family reunion this is kay meyer president of family shield ministries and your host for today's program welcome paula thanks for being my guest today on family shield thank you for having me Well, we're happy to have you. So tell us about growing up as a pastor's daughter and why, when you were a teenager, you turned away from your faith in Christ.
1: Well, as you mentioned, I was a pastor's daughter, and I really loved it so much. I remember as a child um, being in church and seeing my dad in the pulpit, and I thought, wow, that is my dad. I, I was, um, as a child, I just enjoyed, uh, going to church so much, doing all the, going to all the church celebrations. And I especially remember just the, the sense of family and being, uh, in the fellowship hall together with all the different families, uh, parents, grandparents, kids running around all the meals together that we had, the celebrations. And I still remember uh, the, the tables laden with cakes and meringue pies <laughs> and that meringue just being a foot high, it seemed like. And um, I just, I, I was very committed um, and just uh, felt safe and just felt um, that's, where, that's where I belonged. And uh, however, as a pastor's family, we moved many times and um, often those times were really hard. And during the times when we moved, I didn't really understand it. But um, looking back now, I realized it was really better for our family, but it it was really hard for me because I felt like I had to start over and over again. And I felt um, each time I uh, went to a new place, I had to be perfect. And I always felt that people were looking at me all the time and watching me and seeing what I was doing and how I was behaving. It was kind of a strange uh, sensation. And then um, when we were in Michigan, I ended up attending a public high school, and I did make friends with the wrong crowd. And they used to tease me, um, you know, saying that I was living in a bubble, and I just really wanted to fit in. And I think a lot of it had to do with the moving, you know, always trying to fit in, always trying to find Mm -hmm. my place. And um, when I made the first conscious decision to walk away from my faith, I really thought my life was going to be different. I thought, wow. Wow maybe I'll get to experience all the fun that they experience. And um, I just wanted to, to be like them. And I recall my parents telling me, it's not going to be that way. You don't, you don't really want to do that. And um, I, I just, I pushed and I, and I really thought, no, I really want to do what I want to do. And it was really strange, but I remember seconds before I made my choice, um, I saw this it's going to sound strange, but this luminous green cross said set before in a dark background. And I can still see it in my memories. And uh, I remember that that image disappeared once I, I crossed. Mm. And um, I felt like there was really um, no turning back at that point. And what ended up happening is um, my life really uh, turned into a nightmare. I didn't have the fun and the freedom that um, I'd been promised by my friends, you know, and I was really living in constant fear and insecurity. And I always felt this pressure to perform, to be, you know, worse and worse and and more bad, if you will, and be more daring. And I also um, became very competitive and had to be very successful. And it really, it really almost destroyed me because I became very extreme. In um, the perfectionism and having to do things perfectly and be the best at everything. And I ended up um, getting eating disorders. Um, and uh, I remember there was this voice um, saying, I have her now. I have you now. It was awful. And I, you know, instead of living in the heaven that I'd been promised, I was actually getting a taste of hell on mm. earth. It was absolutely horrible. Mm.
0: Yeah, and and you were uh, away from the faith for 25 years, and we don't need to go into all those details, but I think your image of you thought it was going to be wonderful and it was dark and not at all what you expected. And uh, thank God for your parents, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were the ones, I think, that uh, prayed you back into the arms of Jesus. But tell our listeners how your parents kept your relationship positive during the 25 years you were away from the faith and what some of the ways were they showed they loved you and shared their faith with you.
1: You know, they, they, um, they continued to stay in my life. They didn't really care for the lifestyle I was living, but they continued to stay in my life. And they would come to visit me. They would, um, my mom and my mom and dad would send me cards you know especially during like easter christmas during the my baptismal birthday reminding me of who i was and they would send me gifts they would call me on the phone and i remember when i would see the letters come in the mail and i would see their handwriting and it, and it would bring tears to my, my eyes because i could see them sitting at the table writing that out uh-huh. Uh-huh. so just their personal touch and just Never giving up.
0: Never giving up. I think that's important. You know, I I just want to share one story. I met uh, a music teacher my children had at a convention uh, a year or so ago, and I asked him about his two girls. And he says, well, we don't see them anymore. And I'm like, well, why not? Well, they're living with somebody outside of marriage. We didn't raise them that way, so we don't talk to them. And I thought, oh, no. That's an example of what Mm -hmm. parents should not do. Um, yes, they're living a lifestyle you don't agree with, but you keep loving them. You keep right. telling them you love them. And you can let them know you're not happy with their lifestyle. But Correct. do keep in communication with them and try to have that positive communication so that you're not nagging them the whole time or mm-hmm. telling them what they're doing wrong.
1: You never know when the Lord's going to open up and the Holy Spirit's going to open up the door for them and, and they're going to hear. Hear the word. Mm-hmm. Hear the word from their parents. And Absolutely. No. Yeah. And so, to keep that opportunity open. Keep that door open. is so critical and right. so important.
0: I think so too. And just you know, when you uh, you now minister to parents in this situation that have uh, children, grown children that have mm-hmm. uh, left the faith or just are not at all active in the faith, and and this is just a key principle you need to keep loving them and you need to keep telling them you love them and they need to feel that love. You know, that's sometimes an issue too. So uh, tell our listeners when and how the Holy Spirit drew you back to him.
1: (laughs) I always say the Lord, um, it seems like the Lord uses uh, an experience that is relatable to us as individuals. I don't know how else to explain it, but at the time when I came back enabled by the Holy Spirit, I was really into mountain biking. I still love biking to this day, but I was extremely obsessed with mountain biking and I was into racing and all that and, and, and training and being competitive in that. Um, I had a really bad mountain bike accident where I actually uh, compressed the disc in my back. Um, I flew off my bike and uh, I scorpioned. So basically, it's when you're, I was on my chest. And my legs went backwards and hit me on the head. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's mm-hmm. basically your, your body's turning the opposite way mm-hmm. it should be turning when it fell, when I fell. And so I had a, a back injury and I had to sit still. And um, I was in a lot of pain. And, um, but I just, I, as I was sitting there, I, I was thinking, pondering, had time to think, slow down, stop, look around. I would sit out actually on the deck that we had in our condo, and I could look at the continental divide of the mountains. And I was just in a, a thinking state, if you will. And I, I heard a still small voice saying, Paula, it's time to change. And it was such a loving voice. And I said, You're right. And all of a sudden, I was like, Whoa, what just happened? <laughs> and I felt compelled to grab the Bible my parents gave me for confirmation. And I pulled out that Bible. And I started opening it up and wondering, what is in this Bible? What's in here? And I kept on thinking, Well, this isn't about me. And I kept on reading. I was like, it is about me. And I just kept on reading and reading and reading. So I read, I started reading every day. Mm. And I I could feel all everything I learned as a child coming back, all those stories from um, the arch books. I don't know if you remember those. He mm-hmm. had those mm-hmm. when we were kids. We used to get so excited. We'd pull a book out and want to read it. And our, our dad would read it, you know, for our devotion. And we would, you know, Oh, I want to hear about David and Goliath or I want to hear about Ruth and Boaz. But all these stories came back. And it was just I, I was I was changing. I just changed and I knew that something had happened. And I just felt I knew that I had come back to faith, and I remember calling my parents and telling them, and they were just extremely overjoyed, and I I just apologized to them, and I was like, I'm so sorry for all I've done. I, I just felt such a remorse but they kept on telling me, Paula, that's in the past, mm-hmm. Your sins have been forgiven. And they said, welcome back. Mm-hmm. They just, everybody welcomed me back. Mm-hmm. Even my fifth grade teacher, she mm-hmm. praying for me. Had friends Had praying been for praying
0: me. for you all that time. I'm sure there were many prayer warriors holding you up in prayer. That's what we usually find after, yeah. you know, people come to faith. They'll find out these, so many people were praying. You don't tell a person. Well, you might sometimes say I'm praying for mm-hmm. you, but most of the time you don't tell somebody that's mm-hmm. outside of the faith. That yeah. too often, so that is awesome. And um, I don't know how long afterwards, but you, after you recommitted your life to Christ, you and your father founded Faith Family Reunion. Um, and I know your your father passed away now, yeah. but um, why did you decide to uh, begin Faith Family Reunion?
1: Well, um, you know, when I came back to faith enabled by the Holy Spirit, um, I I saw the pain and hurt I caused my parents. I could see it in their eyes, but I could see the joy, you know, that I had come back. But uh-huh. I thought of all of the years that I was gone and just the hurt and sorrow they felt. And it just, it broke my heart. And I remember having conversations with my parents saying, it wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault, but they couldn't get over the fact that it wasn't, they they thought that they caused it. And it's like, no, you didn't, you know, it's something else that happened when I was young that 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 started it that started the process, and I I was really hurting for parents because I saw other parents that are hurting. I knew of other kids that had loved the faith that were friends with my parents, and it just broke my heart. And I thought, how how can is there some place that we can that is there some resource or something out there? That can address this issue. And so I remember started, I started looking on the internet mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't find anything. And I thought, why? Why isn't there anything out there for these poor parents? We need to, we, we need, something needs to be done. And it was interesting. I remember I was out, um, I, I live in the mountains in Colorado, and I went on a ski break and I was uh, uh, working and I worked from home. And so I took a little ski break and I was out, and all of a sudden, all these ideas were coming. And I really believe it was the Holy Spirit because he gave me the name Faith, Family, Reunion. And the the purpose statement of it's created with parents of prodigals in mind. Mm -hmm. And it was to address their emotional health and to help create restored relationships between parents and prodigals.
0: Wonderful. That's fantastic. What I'd like to do is make some announcements and then move forward with the program. Family Shield Ministries cares about families growing in Christ and equips them to witness to each other and to the world. The Family Shield radio program is aired on more than 50 stations throughout the United States and our podcast that is heard on many podcast platforms. We also coordinate the counter-cult ministry and our educational and evangelism services. This now includes Faith Family Reunion that serves parents with prodigals, adult children that grew up in the faith but have left the faith. We encourage our listeners to become a partner with us in accomplishing Family Shield Ministries' vision and mission. Join us in prayer, mail a donation, or give online at www.familyshieldministries.org. Listeners that donate a gift to us and mention the station or where they listen to Family Shield will be mentioned by name on our program. You can sign up to receive our free monthly newsletter by sending us your email address. To contact us, email witness2family at gmail.com. Family Shield Ministries' goal is to merge our two organizations, Family Shield Ministries and Faith Family Reunion, together into one organization. This journey, which has just begun, will be a process that will take prayer, time, and guidance from the Lord. We invite our listeners to pray for us as we begin this important journey. Thank you. Now I want to go back to my guest, Paula Isaacson, and she was just going to tell us a little bit more about Faith Family Reunion.
1: Thank you, Kay. I appreciate it. So Faith Family Reunion, we created some sort of um, some kind of uh, highlights of what the goal is. It's really helping parents to start talking about the situation and not keeping the hurt buried. So often parents, what they do is when they find out um, you know that their their child has left the faith. Um, they just they don't talk about it. Um, help parents to see that they're not alone. So often, um, you know, you think we become we think that we're the only ones in the situation, but when we find out that there are other people there, it's it it it's um, it, it's uh, mind boggling, but also eye opening, and I, I would say um, comforting in a way. Um, knowing that you're not the only one out there and other people can understand where you're coming from, and then demonstrate how meeting with others and sharing can help an internal healing process, and then illustrate how we can learn from one another. I would often say during presentations and workshops, imagine a future where parents are unafraid to share their hurts, sorrows, and disappointments with others. Can you imagine Mm. if we could all start sharing and quit keeping this buried?
0: Absolutely. Very good. We're going to learn more about Faith Family Reunion, but let's just talk a little bit more. We've mentioned the word prodigal children several times. Before our listeners, uh, explain what a prodigal is, because I have found a lot of people don't know that term at all, even though it's in the Bible. But explain what you mean by it.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because um, even when we um, talked about it during the presentations and workshops, uh, which is what Faith Family Union had done uh, quite a bit, uh, many people didn't necessarily even like the word mm. um, they had. They struggled with that word. And so we, 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 we talked about that. We said, so what do you think? What do you, what do you, what kind of words do you use? What term do you use? And um, what I what I do and what we used in faith family reunion is uh, again during our presentations, but we said that the definition is um, someone that has walked away from the faith. So, someone that has walked away. Um, and I was, um, I've noticed too, I listened to, um, uh, Christian, uh, modern Christian music. Um, it's, uh, a lot of kind of funny, a lot of hip hop (laughs) Christian music. And I, and a lot of these, uh, artists that, um, play music, they call themselves prodigals, you know, about returning to the faith. So I think it's, um, maybe, uh, a generational thing possibly. I'm not sure, but, um, that, that's basically it's someone who's walked away from the faith but then who's come back
0: great so uh, you you touched on this but why do so many parents of prodigals want to keep the fact that their adult child or children have left the faith private to themselves but no one else
1: well I think um, they they're very reluctant um, uh, to talk about it just because they um, they' they're, they have a lot of hurts So maybe they're hurt from, you know, from their kids um, leaving the faith. There may be, um, they have shame. They have guilt. They have anger. They have confusion. They wonder, how could this happen to me? I raised my child, you know, in the church. We went to Sunday school. We had Bible class. We went to Bible study together. They went to a Christian school. And they just, they just, they can't understand you know, or they, or the other thing is maybe they didn't take their children, uh-huh. uh, you know, to church,
0: um, our Sunday school, did. one or the other, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of, I think, fear of being judged, mm. like, judged by people in the church and
0: outside of the church. And yeah, so, so they just want to really keep it quiet. Difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and then why do parents of prodigals need to be encouraged, prayed for, and allowed to share their feelings about their adult children that have left the faith? You talked a little bit about the fact that many of them will just keep it a secret. They won't tell anyone that their children aren't going to church or aren't even active in the faith. Um, Why is this so important?
1: Well, I, I think, I think um, it starts really with talking about it. I think that's, that's step one. Um, You know, parents for parents and the church, we need to really start bringing out the subject in the open, the matter in, you know, subject matter in the open and really start talking about it. And, um, and when we talk about the situation, we find out that we're not alone and we can all, um, you know, we come together um, and we realize that others are actually going through the same thing and we can support one another. Uh, I think when we keep it to ourselves, we we're led to believe that we're all alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I these, this is a question that I would ask often to parents. I said, what happens if you continue to keep the sorrow to yourself? Could you benefit by sharing? And what would happen if we all started talking about it? So what I mean by all is the church uh-huh. and the members of the congregation and hurting parents. What if we all could start talking about it? I often would say it's the white elephant in the room yeah. that is painfully obvious, but no one wants to talk about it. We need to. We need to. By keeping it silent, we can't address the situation and we can never we can never deal with it. And so we're we're trying to we're trying to pad, you know, and push it away and think it's going to go away on its own, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But talking about it is so so um, so helpful. And and um, we just we just need to talk about it. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, now this isn't something that I thought about, but I was just going to ask you had someplace in your many documents that you've shared and created, mm-hmm. why parents of prodigals whose children return to the faith are great evangelists and experts on a wide mm-hmm. range of topics. Can you share a little bit about what you said then and, and why that's the yeah. case? Why do you think they are an untapped mission field, I think is what you yeah. said.
1: Yeah, they really are. If you If you think about it, so I, I, I say, and I try to remind parents this and to encourage them and just to um, remind um, uh, the congregation that parents of prodigals are really the church's greatest asset, because once they've come to a place of peace about their situation, they are able to reach out to their children that have left the faith once again. But they also know how to, how to interact with people that, ha- that have left the faith. So, for example, um, you've got people, let's say you have a parent that has dealt with a child that has had an eating disorder, like my parents. And let's say that um, the church is trying to do an outreach to um, uh, people or women that have uh, eating disorders. And they think, oh, these these poor girls or young women um they really, we need to give them some good nourishment. So let's get some lasagna with a lot of cheese, some garlic bread with a lot of butter, and then ice cream for dessert. <laughs> we want to make sure that they're filled. Well, that's going to be a turnoff to mm-hmm. someone with eating disorders because they're so conscious about their weight and what they eat. They're going to be repulsed by that. And the intent of the intent of that outreach was to nourish and support these people. And if they could have talked to my parents, my parents would say, no, I would have, you know, carrot sticks, I would have fruit, I would have vegetables, um, you know, celery, um, you know, maybe something light. But again, parents, because they've been dealing with um, their children that have left the face, they, they know how to, the best way to reach these
0: people. Mm-hmm.
1: They're experts in your field of mission.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. I thought that was very interesting. And you also mentioned the fact that some parents, adult children, got involved or started drinking too much alc maybe alcoholism. maybe they were an alcoholic. Others could be on drugs. Others could be living with someone outside of marriage, like my friend uh, turned off talking to his two girls because of that. Uh, there's so many different issues that these right. children are dealing with that may have left the faith. Some of it, they they left because of those issues. Some of it is just part of life. But uh, it, it's a very interesting concept, Paula. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. while we have a little more time, um, will you share some of the resources that you helped develop for Faith Family Reunion? What I'm finding as we're learning from you <laughs> as Family Shield Ministries and Faith Family Reunion Become One organization is that you have a multitude of wonderful resources. And um, so I know you won't have time to share everything, but just a few of them. So we, um, so
1: we had developed some uh, devotionals uh, and written from the perspective of um, a parent with a prodigal, and then also written from a perspective of of a prodigal me and my dad, who was a parent of a prodigal. Uh, We also put together a, a group uh, curriculum uh, for a study guide uh, to start a small group in your congregation, and then um, I'll let it go at that. We have more things, but we will be talking more, I'm sure.
0: All right, and we have, you know, as I told our listeners, we're just getting started yeah. with this new journey of of uh, working on, and I'm still learning <laughs> all that you have, and um, and and we're you know have to figure out. And A merger is never easy. That's what people tell us. But uh, God's in control of this one. Paula and I are absolutely sure of that. God led yeah. uh, us both to, uh, to this point where we want to work together. And so because of that, we'll just be praying and we really encourage our listeners to keep us in prayer as we begin this important journey, uh, as we talk about what we need to do. And I'm so thankful that that God brought Paula into our life. It's been a real blessing. Um, I want to mention again, my guest is Paula Isaacson. And um, uh, if you want to learn more about Family Shield Ministries, you can go to our website, www.familyshieldministries.org. Uh, You can email us at witness2family at gmail.com and uh, we again are just getting started with this so we don't have anything on our website yet about Faith Family Reunion but we can connect you uh, and uh, we want you to let us know that you're interested so that we uh, can at least we can join you in praying for your prodigal child, our grandchild. Again this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield And my guest again is Paula Isaacson. Thank you so much for listening, and blessings on your day.
1: You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.